fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. I'm like a school child with excitement. I think I'm going to have uh, Newsboys on next week. Still working out the details. And I, you know, when they when they say when they give you the whole band as the possible, you you don't know who you're going to have. You you may have the whole band. It is it's happened to me before. Or you know, it it, it could be Frankenstein. Uh, you know, keyboard player. I mean, and the interesting thing is, I actually you know had a meal with him twenty two years ago or whatever, when they were just like on their first or second album. And I'm sure he remembers me. <laughs> so we'll have tons to talk about. Uh, yeah. God's not dead too. coming out April 1st. We will be chatting a lot about that next week. And right now, in fact, if you go online to uh, our streaming app, or streaming service at faithtalk1360.com. Hit the streamer. There's a little uh, what's called in the industry pre-roll, little ad that runs before the streaming starts. And if you click on that, you'd actually go to PureFlix Digital, and they're offering, if you sign up for their monthly service, which is free 30-day trial, you can see the first six minutes of God's Not Dead 2. Yes. And it's good. I mean, it's really, really good. I think you're going to be blown away by how awesome God's Not Dead 2 is. I liked it better than God's Not Dead, the first one, and I really thought the first one uh, was pretty powerful and poignant, and uh, I'm just glad I get to talk about the, you know, a movie that I like a lot. You know, we have lots of opportunities. Uh, Pastors, you probably feel this a lot, and that is that there's a spiritual drought in our country. And, you know, preaching's not easy. It's not an easy job. It's not an easy uh, calling of the Lord. But Dr. Stephen Lawson from the Institute for Expository Preaching is working with One Passion and Ligonier Ministries, and they're doing a seminar at Northwest Community Church, April 6th through the 8th, to teach Preaching the Psalms, Igniting Worship. If you'd like more information on that, go to onepassionministries.org, no space, all one word, onepassionministries.org, and click on Events. Also coming up, Aspire Women's Conference, one night, three hours, just for women. Aspirewomensconference.com is where you find information about it, April 8th at Pure Heart Christian Fellowship. You can also get your tickets there. Shanti Feldhahn, Shannon Hoffpower, Carrie Pomeroli, and Mia Kane. Hope Fest coming up on the 16th of April. Boy, April's going to be busy. I'm just saying it's going to be busy. There's tons of ways you can help. You can volunteer, donate, promote. But go online, citysurfaz.com forward slash hopefest. To find out more and to go ahead, if you want to make a donation, if you want to volunteer for serving uh, the day before, I'm actually going to be serving the people serving. So on Friday, uh, me and a team, hopefully you'll join me, we're going to serve breakfast and lunch 
to all the volunteers that are setting up for Hope Fest, and I'll be giving you more details about that next week. We're going to talk men's ministry again today. You know, I, I like to touch on men's ministry in some way, shape, or form every week. Man in the Mirror, that's what we're going to be talking today on Koinonia, both in studio and on phone. So thanks for joining us. You're listening to Koinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360, KPXQ. Like I said, we're going to talk uh, men's ministry in studio. Michael Grimm from uh, now with Man in the Mirror. Actually, when we met, you were doing it part-time, right? And uh, we have uh, uh, now you're doing it full-time. We've got some exciting things to share today, an event you've got coming up. Yeah. And uh, we have a surprise guest coming up on the phone. Uh, for those that are familiar with Man in the Mirror, you're going to be very excited. But, Michael, tell me a little bit uh, your background and and. Uh, how God brought you to what you're doing right now. Sure. Um, I grew up here in the Valley and attended uh, First Baptist Church Glendale. We talked about it now it's Living Streams uh, for many years uh, growing up, and then uh, went in the Air Force, came back, got married. I'm um, sorry. I, wait, wait, wait right there. You were in the Air Force? Yeah. You didn't tell me that ahead of time. Oh, sorry. My wife was Air Force. I, I Here's the thing. I was in the Army. Mary yeah. was in the Air Force. I say I was in the military. <clears throat> she was not. So what was your job in the Air Force? Just I was quick. a crew chief. All right, there we go. Aircraft she was mechanic. one of the very first female mechanics. Okay. In, she was in the second flight. Wow. And I only bring that up because she weighed 98 pounds, toolbox <laughs> weighed 95. I don't think they had it figured out yet. No, not yet. All right, go ahead. So, um, so yeah, I grew up, uh, grew up here in Phoenix and then uh, uh, got married and divorced and uh, uh, saw firsthand the um, fear and confusion that cause to my sons as a uh, as we separated and and uh, we moved in with my parents and uh, my dad was uh, my uh, babysitter for a while he just retired and didn't expect that but uh, yeah. but really um, it was a lack of discipleship in my life um, that that led to that it led to me uh, for me not to be the spiritual leader in the home and then as I uh, got remarried had a, have a great wife Beth and uh, we just have a tremendous marriage but uh, really just uh, Frustrated with the lack of intentional discipleship in my yeah. life, led me. God, you know, really worked on that and and put me where I'm at now. I can relate. In I mean, my father passed away when I was 14 or almost mm. 15. Tough time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know it as much then as I do now. How what a critical <clears throat> time that really is. But I, I still suffer from not having a strong uh, dad. You know, in the in the home, mm-hmm. uh, I, I was raised a Christian, mm-hmm. saved early. N- none of those were issue, but gosh, you know, just discipleship. But you know, men teaching men, kind of thing, right? right? Yeah, I was just with a group of guys this morning, and um, uh, they just finished some curriculum and celebrating that curriculum. And it was interesting to hear the individual testimonies. The older guys were like, "Wow, I wish we had this." You yeah, know, forty years ago. <laughs> the younger guys are like, uh, the younger guys. We're talking about the relationships of the men at their table and the men in the room, yeah. how it has Im- impacted them. So, you know, as we look at different curriculum, it's it's about the relationships. Well, I said I had a surprise guest on the phone, and he is so busy. I can't believe we've got him. 
but I'm delighted. Uh, David Delk is the president and CEO of Man in the Mirror. David, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Orlando, Florida. All right, so you're not uh, snowed in or anything like that. I don't get to poke uh, poke you in the side, <laughs> you know, and talk about the fact that it's 90 here and sunny and all that. But it's probably 90-90 there, right? Already, uh, well, we, we've actually had a little bit of a cool spell. We're oh, really? only in the mid 80s here. So. Oh wow! So, but yeah, but it's also what 85 percent humidity too. Yeah, I'm there just, you go. There you go. Can't handle the humidity anymore. I mean, <laughs> a high humidity day for us is in the teens, like 13 or 14, right? Right. So big difference, David. Uh, man in the mirror. Tell me a little bit about the ministry and just you know the role that uh, discipling men in our culture today. Why it's so important. Well, you know, our, our ministry exists really to, to bring about a revolution in the way that churches uh, approach men. You think about the cultural ills that we face. You, you've got a, a very contentious political season right now. You've got, uh, you know, all kinds of issues around uh, fatherlessness and poverty and the criminal justice system and ethics. And, and so many of these, uh, those issues come, go back to men. Uh, men who are undiscipled, men who don't have a biblical worldview, and yet many churches um, are, are are really kind of either ineffective or not very effective at reaching and discipling men. And so we've learned by working with thousands of churches some principles and ideas that can really change the whole culture of a church into the kind of place where men are becoming passionate disciples of Jesus Christ. And it, I think it's it, it's really key because— uh, a, a experiencing, you know, say men's retreat where there's 400 guys together and worship. I can't describe how powerful that is. There is a dynamic about men uh, serving God in concert. There, I, I and I, I believe that that is something that the church, you know, generally is kind of leaving on the table. That dynamic, that power, that thing that God created for men to work together um, in our culture, and it's really sad. Absolutely. You know, men want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Uh, we, we often help churches understand how important the, the soft side of this is, the atmosphere. Um, you know, that if you can create a culture in your church where the, the standard, the, the default is that you're going to get involved in another man's life, and you're going to get messy you're going to get down in the nitty-gritty, you're going to pray with him, you're going to help him uh, grow in his marriage, grow in his relationship with Christ. If that becomes the standard of what men do in your church, then that atmosphere starts to catch. And just like what you experienced in worshiping with those men, uh, other men want to be a part of that. Right. And, you know, I, I have a great relationship with Mary. We've been married 27-plus. Uh, we get along on a lot of things. We you know, it's just, it's obvious to both of us that we were exactly what God needed for us. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I i can't talk to her about. You know, I, I can't, she, she, she can't be my guy friend, right? Absolutely. And so one of the things that most men, most men don't have any relationship that can bear the weight of authentic discipleship. Mm. And what I mean by that is that, that all of us have these casual acquaintances, you know, we know some dads that their kids play with our kids on Little League or from the school or a couple guys who run into at church. And we might even be involved in a couple's group or a men's group or something like that. Um, but in terms of really getting real, vulnerable, transparent, 
dealing with the tough aspects of our lives, most men are, are kind of hiding. And so, therefore, they're not able to kind of get over that hump of really abandoning themselves to Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I, we've seen that even in our own church. Uh, we, we've got a group of guys. It's, it's taken time, but these guys are uh, real with each other. But it's a small percentage of the guys. I want to affect, I want to uh, help the churches in, in East Central Arizona develop that culture throughout the churches, not just in these small groups mm-hmm. uh, of men. And it's exciting when you do see men's lives transformed, marriages saved, and, and uh, dads that are staying home with the kids and you know being there with the kids rather than divorced and, and uh, separated. So We're going to talk a little bit more about how you can uh, be a part of one of these uh, pastor's breakfasts that are coming up. But, David, what are you going to bring? What, what is your message that you're going to bring to the Valley of the Sun? Well, we want to introduce the ministry to some folks who may not know about it. Uh, but the main thing we're going to do is really focus on the needs of the church. And so if you, if you can come out as a pastor or a lay leader to one of these breakfasts, uh, I can pretty much guarantee you that you're going to walk away with one or two tips, principles that literally could make a difference in your ministry the same day. I think that's that's powerful, and there's another aspect that, you know, pastors, they could use strong men in their congregation as well. Absolutely, and so one of the things that Michael is going to be doing, and also uh, Tyler Sutton is in the western side of Phoenix, is they're coming alongside pastors and lay leaders saying, hey, you don't have to do this on your own. We've had experience with all these churches, thousands and thousands of churches, uh, what you're dealing with, some other churches have probably overcome it before, and we can give you some resources, some ideas, some principles that, that could really help you be even more effective in what you're doing with men. Yeah, we've we've done that a number of times. What he's talking about there is, is, is it's just not Tyler and I coming out to the church, but we bring David and or one of the other staff members that have had this uh, wealth of experience. We bring them on to a, a video conference call and can do the consulting right there with the, the, the either the pastors or the the uh, leadership committee of, of the, the ministry to men at the church. And so it's been just a powerful way to be able to come alongside these leaders and help them. I think something that, um, you know, the, the great business uh, consultants of the 70s and 80s, and then uh, also uh, Jack Welch the, talking about, uh, you know, making my back room somebody else's front room. And what he means by that is, you know, there at GE, they had a, you know, they had a commissary, they had a a cafeteria. Well, they could run a cafeteria probably, right? But they're not going to be nearly as good at it as somebody that that's their job. That's what they do Mm -hmm. is run cafeterias. This is kind of the same thing. You guys have been doing men's ministry for a long time, and you can really bring that skill uh, to a pastor, to a church, uh, with a, a level of expertise that they may not have had time to learn. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll just stop you right there. We need to stop with the foul language there. <laughs> Men's ministry is a word that we need to blow up uh, because yeah. it becomes a silo approach. That's the guys that go over there and they do the men's breakfast in the Wednesday morning. We call it ministry to men or men's discipleship. Uh, we want to we have an all-inclusive approach to discipling men across the church. Not just the guys that are coming to your men's only activities, but the guys out there helping park cars, the guys ushering, greeting, working in the, the uh, children's ministry. We want to we help the churches without burdening them with other additional activities, but help them really 
think about how they can intentionally disciple those men wherever they are in the church, every relationship they have with the man in the church. David, I have you for a few more minutes here before the break, and then uh, Michael and I are going to continue the conversation about the events here in the Valley. But just as a a cross-section of the culture, you you made comment about the contentiousness of uh, the political season that we're in. And I kind of chuckled because I've been talking about that very fact on social media. Uh, You know, we need men that are the priests of the household. We need men that are not only the leaders in their house, uh, but in their community. And we've never, I don't think we've ever needed it more than right now. Uh, absolutely. You know, and, and the reality is when you think about uh, where, how do we get to where we are today, and, and it wasn't an event, it wasn't a book, it wasn't the election of a particular candidate. Um, you know, we got to where we are in our culture because of literally hundreds of millions of decisions uh, by tens of millions of, and let's focus on the men for our purposes, by tens of millions of men over the last 40, 50, 60 years. A guy decides to, you know, stay at work and miss a, 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 a little league game. A, a, a guy starts flirting with a secretary, you know, whatever. It's those tiny choices that got us to where we are. The only way out is to disciple our way out. We have to have tens of millions of men make different kinds of choices to see revival come to America. All right. Well, now, are you able to stay with us through the break here, David? Uh, I can probably stay for uh, for one more segment. All right. Well, let's do that. We're going to continue the conversation right here on Koinonia. You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. You're invited to a free breakfast uh, coming up Tuesday, April 12th at the Embassy Suites in Phoenix. And that's uh, Tyler Sutton and the uh, west side of the valley for the east side guys, Mesa, Wednesday, April 13th at Superstition Springs Golf Club. You can go online, discipleallyourmen.com, discipleallyourmen.com for registration information and uh, what we're talking about today. David Delk, president and CEO of Man in the Mirror, is on the phone in studio. Michael Grimm, who's the area director for the East Central Arizona Coalition uh, for Men's Discipleship. Uh, David, why do you have local guys? I mean, why aren't you just running the ministry from Florida and, and you know, doing it that way? Well, you know, that's what we did for years. And uh, what we realized is that, uh, that the effectiveness was just not there. Because, as you mentioned uh, in that first segment, you know, uh, a lot of laymen, for example, that have been charged with doing men's discipleship, uh, they may be, you know, they may be a great basketball coach or a, a salesman or a, a mechanic or a business executive, but they've never done this before. And so, you know, they're just, they go on the Internet and, and buy some books or videos, and, and that's great. Praise God for guys to do that. But they really don't have any particular expertise in how to build a discipleship process for all the men in their local church. And so what we wanted to do is get boots on the ground that we could have that were trained, that could uh, take the ideas, the principles that we've learned from these thousands of churches and help local churches implement those. We don't come in with a particular program. We don't come in with an agenda. We don't come in with a, a curriculum you have to buy or anything like that. But we have some ideas and principles about how you interact with men 
And so our guys on the ground, our field staff, can help pastors and leaders implement that in the context and the culture of their own church. Well, regarding Michael, one of the reasons that I immediately knew, well, actually, I think I had an idea that he was going to be doing this full-time probably sooner rather than later, is we met at an event talking about prayer, how you could pray basically uh, in your workplace, how to be more intentional with the gospel in your workplace. And, you know, in that it's foundational. It's It starts with that relationship with God, but there's a lot of guys that don't even know how to get that underway. In fact, I just had uh, uh, Boyd Bailey on last week and his book, Two Minutes, basically. I mean, if you just start... Uh, the gospel can take over. God's relationship with you can take over. But sometimes we as guys think, oh, I'm so busy. I'll get to that, uh, yeah, a little later. And later never comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Man in the Mirror, if you go to maninthemirror.org, uh, you can uh, download a lot of the uh, Friday morning Bible studies that Pat's been doing for 30 years. And, and they did a series this, this fall, Men Reaching Men. Where they give practical steps about how how a man can reach another man, uh, create, have a create value event where you just invite a guy to coffee. And Pat talks about that being a metaphor. You know, taking asking a guy for coffee is a metaphor for doing something with him, mm-hmm. taking him to lunch, taking him to ball game, something like that. But just invest in his life. And then there's a series of studies that we did, and these are free, downloadable from the website. Um, that uh, walk the guys through that in a number of weeks, and then they actually challenge the guys there in Florida and across the country to um, to how they're doing with implementing these steps of how many of you guys in, invited somebody to coffee, and then how many of you guys did took the next step and, and build into those guys. And so, just it's over time investing in other guys. But like you talked, we talked about earlier, it gets ugly and messy and things like mm-hmm. that. And um, but but that's what we're called to do. Galatians six two bear one another's burdens, and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. I mean, it's all about that. David, as you've seen this ministry uh, to men grow uh, across the country, what's been the number one thing that people have uh, have, have spoken back to you uh, as they've commented on Man in the Mirror coming into their church or, or, or to their ministry? Well, I think it's probably the number one thing is that, that most people are surprised that we aren't promoting a particular curriculum or program. Um, you know, there are a lot of ministries that are content ministries. That's great. Uh, you know, praise God. There's, there's so much wonderful stuff out there now that, that churches can use. But, uh, and, we, and we create a lot of content, but that's not our primary ministry. We're primarily about helping that pastor do whatever he's trying to do more effectively with his men. And so I'd say probably that the fact that, that people, when they overcome that paradigm shift, how receptive they are to saying, you know, you're not trying to co-opt our agenda, you're not trying to, you know, force us down a certain path, but you just want to uh, allow us to do what God's called us to do, but even be more effective with men. And it is amazing uh, what happens when we as men step up and uh, start fulfilling the role that God designed us for. Mm-hmm. Not only, well, I, I was want to go back to what Dave was talking Please? about. Yeah, that. I, I had this uh, uh, introduction to a pastor we met, and I, I was sharing with him about the ministry and, and uh, what we do. Um, and and basically, he got to a point where he says, okay, I get it. You guys are basically consultants. And um, shared with him about the No Man Left Behind model, um, the concepts with that, and then the journey to biblical manhood, this other uh, all-inclusive uh, 
strategy to disciple men in your church over time. And he said, okay, I get this. So what's the fee structure? Hmm. And I just, uh, that was that perfect moment. I was like, there isn't one. Uh, my supporters, uh, they send me out to come and talk to you for free. And I said, basically, we, we could work with you for years and, and you'd never spend a dime. Um, you know, of course, they're going to be more effective if they send their, their leaders to training and things like that. Yeah. But, but really, it's about developing that relationship and having that conversation over time and, and really helping them do what they do better. Okay, so let's role play here. I'm going, uh, here's my initial reaction to that is, okay, what's the catch? There is no catch. <laughs> that's the that's the awesome part about it. Sure, we've we've got uh, as as Coach K, our national well Jeff Kasai, our national field director, he refers to it. We've got our our own holy hardware store. Mm. We've got our curriculum, things like that. But but really, it's about uh, just coming alongside them and helping them think through and giving them some some uh, strategies to really. Uh, reach the men in their church. All right, Mike. Uh, David, Michael answered that pretty well. I'm going to throw it back to you. What's the catch? How, how are you doing this? Well, you know, here's the thing. We looked at the landscape and we said, you know, where could we make the biggest contribution? And, uh, you know, 20, 25 years ago, there weren't as many good curriculum and, 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 and teaching tools and books and things. And so, you know, Pat's written, what, 19, 20 books now. So, you know, plenty of uh, books, but there's so many great things now. And as we looked at the landscape and said, where can we make the greatest contribution? We said if we can take the principles and ideas that we've seen implemented by these churches that have intentional, effective discipleship ministries with men and get them conveyed in a format and in a way that other churches can implement so that they can see the same kind of results, then that's the, that's the place that we should be making the contribution. And so that's kind of our focus. And right now we're seeing that churches that engage with one of our field staff, like Michael, they're telling us that within the first year, they have uh, are discipling 15 new men through their church on average. Wow. That's significant. It, it really is. And it's so encouraging to get that kind of feedback because we know that each of those guys represents a marriage, or m- many of them do. Uh, many of those guys represent children. Uh, they're, they're working someplace in a business community. They have neighbors. And you think about the godly impact of 15 new men per church who are passionately pursuing Jesus Christ, and, and all of a sudden that starts to add up. Yeah. Register for the free pastor's breakfast and get all the details by logging on to discipleallyourmen.com. That's discipleallyourmen.com. It's uh, Tuesday, April 12th for the Phoenix and uh, West Valley, and Wednesday, April 13th for Mesa and the East Valley. Uh, you need to check this. Again, I, I, I've tried to trip these guys up twice. What's the catch? What's the catch? It's just not there. Uh, they really are about serving the church in a way that strengthens men's uh, discipleship and relationship. Amen. Our vision is to see every church or really every willing church to disciple every willing man. And our mission is serving pastors, training leaders, and, tra- and transforming men. Yeah, and it's uh, uh, it's it's a tremendous honor to be a part of this ministry, and uh, these guys are just some awesome people to be working with. Uh, David, I'm going to give you uh, a couple of minutes here as we're we're closing on our time here, just to talk about uh, again some examples, either whether it's from uh, No Man Left Behind or uh, even the feedback that you've had from churches or pastors regarding Man in the Mirror. Yeah. 
So I, I think I probably the most important thing I could say is is if you're a, a layman listening to this and you know there's a pastor or a key guy in your church that maybe has something to do with men's discipleship, uh, get send them to that discipleallyourmen.com. And, um, you know, when, when uh, Michael was talking earlier about this all-inclusive idea, one of the things I want to convey is we are not talking about a traditional men's ministry. Uh, th- those are great, and uh, again, happy for churches that are able to do that, and that can, can be a part of a discipleship strategy for men, uh, but it is not the end-all and the be-all. We need to get these guys in their married couples classes. We need to get them uh, in the children's ministry and through their children, uh, through the rec league, basketball, um, you know, through vacation Bible school. We need to, wherever we have a chance, as they work on the audiovisual equipment, wherever there's a man in our church, uh, we want to touch his life. And so one of the things we help churches do, and this is when the lights come on for many pastors, is we say, look, it's really simple. We're not trying to do a men's ministry. You tell us where are men's lives being transformed in your church? Hmm. Is it happening through couples classes? Is it happening through the worship ministry, through a service ministry in the community, through a family mission trip? Just tell us, wherever men's lives are being transformed in the church, we want to get a group of men together to see if we can get more men into those ministries so that their lives can be transformed too. All right, David Delk, uh, president and CEO of Man in the Mirror, and there's a couple of events. Now, you're, you're coming out here. You're flying out here. You're going to be uh, in on these conversations with these pastors here, right? Absolutely. I'm so excited. We're coming out, and uh, Dr. Pete Alwinson is coming with me. He's uh, one of our faculty members and a senior pastor for 28 years that focused on men, and so he's going to be a part of the events, lending his expertise as well. All right, David, thanks for your time uh, on the phone. We look forward to having you out here in a couple of weeks. Michael, your encouragement, last uh, last call here, encouragement for uh, pastors and men's uh, ministry leaders to come to these events. Well, I would just, uh, same thing, I'd, like David said, just uh, they're going to be encouraged. They're going to have some key takeaways when they come to this. But really, we want to come alongside them. We want to help them create an environment where the Holy Spirit inspires men to engage in life-on-life discipleship. Boy, I tell you, it's been a lot of fun to have uh, have you guys on the program today. DiscipleAllYourMen.com. The two events are in two weeks, Tuesday, April 12th and Wednesday, April 13th. You're invited to a free breakfast uh, if you're a, a pastor or a, 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 a men's uh, ministry leader or maybe a college and career men's. Uh, there's all kinds of ways. But uh, if you have a question about it, uh, Michael, how would they get a hold of you to, to you know fine-tune a question? Well, they can email me at michaelgrimm at maninthemirror.com. Or .org, sorry, maninthemirror.org. So it's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, and then Grimm, like the TV show, G-R-I-M-M is in Mary. All right, Michael, thanks for your time. Thank you. Now, the most fun segments that I have are the segments that we really, hey, just stop by and we'll figure out what we're going to talk about. We did that with Jose Gonzalez. Do you remember the first time we met? You're going, yeah. You're yeah, going, yeah, you're yeah. Going to go, right here. Yes. Billy Thrall Billy brought Thrall. you in. We yeah. were going to talk about uh, Hope Fest. Hope Fest. Yes, and the Luis Palau Festival, I think. Yeah, it, well, it was the stand down from that because I actually, that's how I originally met Billy. We had been, you know, back and forth, but I actually had him in. I filled in for Andrew Tallman. 
And uh, I had uh, Levi and Billy in to talk about Luis Plow's event. Yes, correct. So after that, the leave behind piece, if you will, was City Sir. Billy headed that up, and he one of the first people he brought in was you. Yeah, correct. I remember that. You really? That's that's over four years ago now. Four years. Can, that's I, right. Time flies. Right. Yes. Have you been doing anything? I've been doing. I, I've uh, just been kind of hanging out. I've been doing some some things. God has. Of, re- I follow you on social media, busy, oh. and it's like I don't know how you get all of it done. I don't know either. God's grace. He's he's always supporting me. Really, without God, it'll be impossible to do what I do. And you have God has just uh, given you a position of access uh, and influence. Uh, in the community that is just, I know you didn't go looking for it, but God said, here, no. uh, I want you to talk to this guy. I want you to talk to this It's amazing just kind of being a third-party observer of what God's been doing It's been life. a big surprise for me, <laughs> really. You know, I didn't knock on those doors. I was not looking to do this. I was not expecting to do such a things, but the Lord had that plan for me. And yeah. I just said, okay, Lord, I don't understand it. I don't know why me, but I'll do it. One of the exciting things that I got to participate in last year was the uh, uh, the police uh, prayer breakfast. The law enforcement uh, the prayer law breakfast. Forest, and, and it kind of is, is expanding a little bit this year. Oh, I guess that's an under understatement. I, you know, to say it is expanding a little bit. But uh, tell us about what's coming up this summer. Well, last year we were expecting about three hundred people, mm-hmm. and we have over five hundred. So we were kind of really surprised. We were just bringing more tables in, and just what everybody was happy, and we had a great event. You were there, and for this year, this is going to be on May the twenty fifth. And talking to some of the firefighters, uh, they had the idea, why don't we do another one for the firefighters? And then we thought that it will be much better if both come together. So we're going to call it this time law enforcement and firefighters prayer breakfast. This time we're expecting about 800 to 1,000 at the Phoenix Convention Center. Wow. And you know what? The Phoenix Convention Center called me. They offered me to help because somebody talked to them about about me and about what I was doing. So they called me, and they're giving us a great opportunity. They really want to support the Southern Law Enforcement and Firefighters Prayer Breakfast. They really like that. They really like the vision. So we're going to do it there. Now, I don't want to... Uh, I, I don't want to be rude or, uh, or contentious, but, you know... Our popular culture that says, uh, you know, Hispanics, blacks, you're not supposed to be loving on uh, police and fire and first responders and whatnot. That's it's because we, you know, we read it in the headlines. That's right, you know, and that's the reason why I started this and and I had this idea. The Lord put this in my heart because uh, what I want to do. Uh, let me share with you four of the main purposes why we're doing this. One of them is to honor our law enforcement and firefighters individuals. And the other is to encourage our first responders by letting them know that there are many churches and Christian leaders praying for them. And also to connect them with the community, mm. to connect them so that we will avoid any problem. Just to develop strong relationships between the, especially the Hispanic community, but with all the communities. So that they will know their their police officers, they will come closer to them, they will approach them with confidence. That's one of the reasons uh, we're doing this. I know that many people 
thought at the beginning, especially in the Hispanic community, why are you doing <laughs> this? I know. <laughs> I heard people say, why is he doing that? Why? He's just asking for trouble. You know, and many of the Hispanic pastors after that event, they called me and say, you know, that was great. I approached yeah. the police officers, the chief police in my city, and, and he was so nice. He was so friendly because uh, they had the wrong idea sometimes because of many things that happened a few years ago. But it's working real good. The Hispanic community, pastors, and other community leaders, they're approaching now the law enforcement officers, and they're developing a very good uh, relationship, and I love that. Yeah, and we're created to commune one with another, right? Yes. And and, and that doesn't mean just uh, just the people in your church or just the people in your neighborhood, but as a community. That's right, as a community. And we need to learn to respect them right now that are not many people respecting the law enforcement. You know, if there is a bad cop, a bad officer, we want to blame the rest. Everybody. Everybody, you know. And I was talking to some of the law enforcement officers about three weeks ago, how they're having problems to communicate or to connect with the youth. And they're just not doing a good job. But I have some ideas and I share with them. And we're going to start a new program with the law enforcement and the youth. And we're going to call it the law enforcement and youth encounters. And I gave them all these ideas how to develop this vision that I believe the Lord laid in my heart. And they really loved it. And you know what that means? That means they're going to say, hey, why don't you do that? Yes. You know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, last year, why are you doing this, you know? But it was a blessing because at the same time, while on the other states, people were protesting against the law enforcement, here we were blessing the law enforcement. Here we were developing a relationship with the law enforcement. When I talked to Bill Montgomery, who's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, and when I first gave him the idea, he loved it. Yeah. The same thing with the governor. And it's, it's, it's powerful when we allow God to work through us instead of, uh, you know, our own uh, preconceived notions of what is going on or we get the wrong idea because we're reading these stories uh, in the news or on social media. You know, that's not necessarily, and most of the time, in fact, it's not the whole story. That's right. They just give some part of the story, but not what is behind or the background of the story. So we just want to develop a strong relationship between the law enforcement individuals and our community. And I think that that will help us to have better communities, to join uh, join resources and efforts to work in the community. And it's been working in a few communities with Hispanic churches, even with some Anglo churches. They're open the doors to pray, and we are going to encourage the churches and the pastors to have what they call uh, coffee with a cup. But this is going to be a coffee, but in the church, you know, open the doors for the community and and invite the community to come just for one hour or so, maybe Saturday, Friday night, and just to meet the the, the police officers and work together something for the community. Jose Gonzalez is my guest here in studio, Christian Link. Arizona Christian Link. Yes, so we're just linking, connecting people, Anglo churches with uh, Hispanic churches and others, and then connecting with the government people as well. One of the things that I've seen as I've I've watched uh, God work through your life uh, over the last couple of years, one of the key things is you don't care who gets credit for whatever God does. 
No, you know what? I really don't care about it. It's not about have, Jose. No, I just want to see people coming together, serve the Lord, first of all, honor the Lord, and serve the community because all the glory is for the Lord, and he never shares his glory with anybody. Mm. So we got to understand that. If yeah. God calls us to do something, is to honor him. You know, and you know, when you have a very close relationship with the Lord and you know who God is and I know who I am, you know, it's his grace. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a chance to brag on one of your girls. She was, uh, she helped us out at the pastor's appreciation luncheon with Dr. David Jeremiah because we had a lot of Hispanic uh, pastors uh, come to that event and she was a blessing, but she just had a major uh, accomplishment or a major milestone in her life here in the last week or so. That's right. At the Grand Canyon University, you know, she has two careers. She's a tech veterinarian and an RN uh, nurse, and she loves the Lord most of all. She loves God. And she just had a letter from the from the president of the Grand Canyon University saying that she's a wonderful student, an average of... 4.0, yep. and, and she's doing wonderful. She works full-time. She's a full-time student, and she's always helping me in all the events. I don't know how I, she does it. I don't, I don't know how don't know. you do it, and I see her doing you know, all kinds of stuff uh, on top of that, too. What a blessing. You know, uh, I've been doing uh, Christian events with the Hispanic community for 14 years and she was a little girl, and she was always there helping me, just seeing what I was doing, coordinating huge, uh, huge concerts for the Hispanic churches, 5,000, 4,000, even 10,000. She was just there learning, learning to love the Lord and serve the Lord. And, and she's there, you know, full-time student, full-time working as a nurse and, and, and still helping me. And, and, and she always has a time to read the Bible, to pray and help others. I said, I don't know how she does. Yeah, I know you're a proud papa, and I wanted to give you a chance to oh, thank you. Uh, yes. talk a bit about that. We've got just a couple of minutes left uh, in this segment. Uh, tell us, who, who's invited to this event in May? This uh, event, we are inviting, especially the law enforcement and the firefighters. We want to honor them. We just want to encourage them and let them know that we have many pastors, many Christian churches praying for all of them. And the pastors, we're inviting the pastors. We're inviting uh, business people. And if you want to know more about it, how to get a table, how to sponsor a table, because we need the sponsors. You know, we don't want the law enforcement or the firefighters to pay for their tables. Yeah. We just want to honor them. Uh, they can call you and you give me the information. Well, the easiest way to get uh, get a hold of me is send me an email, tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's tom at faithtalk1360.com. There's all kinds of sponsorship opportunities. If you want to help uh, with this event, to, to love on uh, first responders and the police, uh, send me an email, tom at theytalk1360.com, and I'll make sure you get plugged in with Jose. And, uh, you know, there's, like I said, sponsorship opportunities for tables, for a lot of tables. Yes. Because uh, there's going to be, you know, a thousand folks. Yeah, a thousand folks. That's that, right. That, that's a lot of tables. That's a lot of tables. So we certainly need your help. And uh, also, uh, just pray for Jose. Uh, seriously, I uh, love this man, and I'm so glad that he took a few minutes to be with us today. And uh, I just uh, I, I pray for him, and I want you to pray for him as well. We've got one more segment. We're going to pray, get out of here. What a fast hour this has been. You're listening to Koinonia, 
You're listening to Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. May 25th, police and firefighters prayer breakfast. We need your help sponsoring uh, tables so that, again, we can have the first responders, we can have them in uh, and know that people are praying for them and, uh, you know, that we love them. And we, we, I just, I, my mom was a police officer, so I have a particular affinity for, uh, you know, that community. And wow, what a tough, tough job. If you want more information, send me an email, tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's tom at faithtalk1360.com. Jose, pastor, pray for us. Yes, dear wonderful God in heaven, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, for the Bible, for your word. We thank you for your promises. And right now we want to pray for all the people working in this radio station Thank you for what they do. Thank you for their efforts. Thank you for their ideas. Thank you for their hearts to uh, to talk about you, about Jesus, about the gospel. Thank you because they are always there to communicate to the community uh, what you do through your word, through the promises, through the Holy Spirit. And bless all the persons who are listening to us right now. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Touch their hearts. You know what they're going through. You know, if anybody right now is suffering the death of a loved one, I don't know, dear God, but you know all the persons who are listening right now. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you help them according to what they need. Just uh, let your Holy Spirit work in their lives. And if they have some financial problems, dear God, you are our provider. Provide whatever they need for their families. Provide whatever they need for their business or for what they need, dear God. Just uh, also make them very sensitive to your Holy Spirit as they go through any situation, any difficulties. Just let them know that you love them. But if you want to teach them something, make them very sensitive to the Holy Spirit, dear God. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to pray for these people, to pray for our community, and we pray for our law enforcement people out there. Protect them via special shield of protection around their lives. They're always out there uh, risking their lives to protect us, to help us. And also we pray for the firefighters, dear God, that every time they go out there in an emergency, just be with them. Send your angels in their lives to protect them, Father. And we pray that this community will grow in in communication, dear God, with these law enforcement and firefighters. Bless them and bless us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.